The following podcast is a Dear Media production. That's a retrograde. It's a special New York City edition. It's Brooklyn, baby. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Sambari. And here we are in New York City. Gotham Podcast Studio. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us, guys. Um, we're so excited to be here. We've got a big week ahead of us. And today we are kicking it off with a really fun interview. It really is. Much anticipated. Truly. Would you say? We've got Gabrielle Bernstein joining us. She's a speaker. She's an author. She's a light worker. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this a few times, but... The work she's done really like jump started my interest in all of this so many years ago. I love that. So this really feels divinely guided in Oprah the full most circle moment. yummy sort of way. Very Oprah full circle moment. And Gabby's been on Oprah. So yeah. it, it's adding to the circle. Oprah's coming in right <laughs> after Gabby. I mean. <laughs> not now. Not now. <laughs> exactly. And so we had, yeah. We just got to New York. We had a great yesterday. trip. We actually, okay. So we took a kind of interesting flight just situation. Which I would say I would do it again. I would do it again. However, I really need us to upgrade to the laying down seats soon because now that I'm in my almost mid-30s, I really don't like sleeping sitting up. Right. I'm a super attractor (laughs) towards business or first class. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Gabby's book is about, right? How to get on an airplane and lay down. No, but we actually, so we took a really late red eye from LAX and both of us just got new suitcases. We're both really excited. The first time I had not checked just ton carry on or the first time I checked a bag Me in probably two years. I haven't. Okay. So I never checked bags out of you because we we normally take a smaller suitcase and we just bring it on the plane with us. But we both got the medium size away bags. And this suitcase, this is not a spawn con. I a swear. revelation. We just, okay. It's the most organized, large, perfect thing that I was able to fit so much in it. Four pairs of shoes, okay? Brag. Yeah, that I was like, I'm not fucking (laughs) putting this on the, I'm checking this bitch. Full-size face washes. I mean, everything was in my away bag with no concern, may I add, of a squeeze or a spill because there's no squishing happening. Right, no, it's a- I put my sunglasses in there. No case. No case. <laughs> Go wild. So we were really excited. We didn't have to bring our bags to put them through the security. And so we were breezing through security and we just put our backpacks in. We're getting ready to get our stuff together. And all of a sudden we hear the TSA go, why would she do that? No. Who put a cat in here <laughs> was the first thing I heard. Who put a cat in here? That's right. Okay. And so then we had clocked this as we were waiting in line. There was a cat in a bag and the woman in front of us and stuff. I was like, oh, cute cat. And by the way, she was wearing kitten heels. So, so that, which was okay. like two bad moves in one Clearly, <laughs> don't wear kitten heels to the airport. Okay, so she's in kitten heels. She's got a cat. She puts it through the machine, I guess. A guy goes, who put a cat in here? The TSA agent. Yeah, and then he starts to go, why? Why would she do that? Why would she put a whole damn cat in the x-ray machine? I was screaming, was- laughing, and he was not Amused. No, he was so serious. He was so, he's probably so shook because he just saw bones. Yeah. Well, he was probably so shook because that's his fault. Right. That it 
went through. I've worked it out in my brain because he had a reaction. She had a reaction to his reaction. She felt berated. And she us. went psychotic. She was like, where's your manager? It's like, where's like, the TSA? This isn't an Applebee's. <laughs> There's no manager. What the fuck are you talking about? You just put a cat in the x-ray machine. It was and high then, drama at the airport. Then she went past the belt into like the back of the TSA where like that glass door is and they just, ma'am, ma'am, you can't go. I thought she was about to get fucking stun gunned or some shit because she was like demanding to talk to a higher up. It's like, just take the hit because you put your cat through the x-ray machine and let's keep it Apologize, no, but I will say- Also, it was a 45 pound cat. The worst part and in a comedy of errors that no one could really write (laughs) is that when she had to go back through- to get the cat, she only had managed to get one kitten heel on. So she was limping with one kitten heel on holding and barefoot cat. holding a cat. And it was, and then her luggage fell and I was trying to like pick up her lug. It was just. <laughs> the airport is the great mecca of comedy, I must say. It's a real aggregation of comedy, that and Twitter. Oh my God, that was wild. Oh my God. I just, a whole damn cat. Guys, it was. <laughs> It was something. Note to self, don't put your animals in the x-ray machine. Yeah. Although we did Google it because we got learned. highly concerned. And it's a very small amount of radiation that yeah. the animal does receive. So you will be okay. But the way he was acting, it was as if the it cat was getting microwaved. It. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so a whole damn cat. That's New York so far. <laughs> Loved it. Stay tuned to next week. Oh, I do want to shout out the yoga place we went to because oh, we, yeah. got, we landed. We watched the Between Two Ferns movie. Great, hilarious movie. Well done, Wonderful. And then we took a Juna tincture. Yes. The happy one. And then we headed over to Usha Veda Yoga in Greenpoint. Yes. For the most delicious 90-minute class. I fell asleep four times. I feel like we really hacked the system with the time change. We did. And then we stayed up and then we went to bed early and I wasn't, I don't think I have jet lag. I don't think I do either. High five, High friend. five. Here yes. we are. Hello, New York. <laughs> All right. Let's kick it over to this wonderful interview. We're very excited to be welcoming our next guest. Gabby Bernstein. We have an exciting guest here today, both personally and I think for our audience as well. We've got Gabby Bernstein joining us. So good to be with you, Kai. So good to see you. I was getting some downloads when I was preparing for this conversation and it was some interesting things came through. One being the first time I ever meditated at home by myself was through one of your meditations from oh, your newsletter cool. 10 years ago. Right on. And then on a professional level, the first interview I ever did in any official capacity was with you right. for a web series that I had that I was so green that that episode didn't even come out. Sad, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, cutie. Didn't oh. know what to do with her hands. <laughs> I did not know what to do with her hands. <laughs> so funny. And I remember being in New York. I think it was during Fashion Week. We were in my closet. We were in your closet. Yeah, uh-huh. I was, Do you like that I remember that? Yeah, I'm proud. I, I doubt it because I thought it was like, you know, it's like similar. I equate it to like when I say hi to my Pilates teacher and she never remembers who I am. And I'm like, you have a lot more students than I have Pilates teachers. So, of course, I'm going to remember you. Right. It's the same thing. Like, yeah. I'm sure you've done a gajillion. No, but I remember that. But if you guys, we just interviewed Kat Sadler on it. Yeah, she was This awesome is just a revisit of Elizabeth's I like Kat Sadler. Show. She love Kat. She's wonderful. Episode and coming soon. Episode coming soon. So, mm. Gabby, you're here. 
because you have a new book coming out yes. or out actually yes, as this out. episode drops super attractor congratulations oh boy thank you and everybody i sound like i've been sick for days which i have been but i'm better now but i just still sound weird so i apologize We're happy you're feeling just better you're getting out the lingering yes. i know it's gonna be out yes get it out no problem We're i'm gonna check on you in that netty pot nettying it up yeah. tonight mm -hmm. that's right <laughs> so this is how many books have you written now this is my seventh book holy yeah. moly congrats Congratulations. Oh, thank you. How tired are you? <laughs> I'm not. I, writing books is not tiring. Really? No. It's easy for me. But I, I mean, listen, I have been in recovery from workaholism, I believe, for four years. So I'm less, a lot less tired than I used to be. Interesting. A lot of, a lot of my work, while it was really serving me and others, was done in a way that was like... Uh, moving really fast, not thinking people would support me. Yeah. And I'm really proud to say that in the last four years, I've just developed a new pattern and a new behavior and many new behaviors and many new patterns. And I do things with ease now. I love that. I'm yeah. inspired. That sounds delightful. Yeah. I want to get into Well, actually the book, that. the book yeah. will teach you that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So the first book you read was Add More Ink to Your Life. A boyfriend at the time who you knew gave me the book. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got introduced to your work. Lots of boyfriends and husbands are the <laughs> catalyst for Gabby. Mm -hmm. I think Is that had, true? Yeah. I think he had met you at Summit and he was like, you should read my friend's book. Yes, like it was right. so casual. Yeah. And then I was just like mind blown and it really shifted my whole fascination into this work like yeah. through that. So that's on a personal level, it's just really amazing. So you mentioned now with Super Attractor that you've shifted how you approach work and all of that. So with Add More Ing to now, what is, how has the messaging shifted? Ooh, uh, well, I'm a lot more mature. So my books are more mature. They're more grounded. But I don't want to put down those earlier books because they were exactly what they needed to be then. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people, have, like Spirit Junkie was my second book. People from all around the world have gotten sober from that book. I just think the evolution of a, an individual is just reminiscent of the evolution of these books. So as I grow, the books grow in their depth and in the writing style, but it's always been my voice. It's always been what I was living in that time at that time. And what I've come to understand is it's always been what I needed most while I was writing it. So while I thought I wrote my books for other people, I actually write them for myself. And then in the truth of what I share, I know that other people will recognize themselves in me. Is there any one thing in particular that you feel not, oh, I wish I could have known that then, but that like really stands out to you as far as like the, the growth of what your teaching is concerned? No, I don't really wouldn't do have done anything differently, mm. even though there's been major bottoms along the way. They were meant to be. Mm. And I think in the truthfulness in which you communicate those bottoms, it's kind of like because you have a microphone and people are looking to you in their own spiritual development. It's almost like when you go through something like that, other people are then taught how to they can then work through it too. Yeah, I think that I'm feeling it right now more than I ever have because it's one thing to like stand in front of an audience that's your people, your reader, right? Or sit in a room like this and and speak to you guys or like Lewis Howes or folks that are talking to people that are really interested in this content. But just yesterday, an article came out in the New York Times that was like all about, was really like masked as like my routine, but it really showed the truth about my trauma and my addiction and my postpartum anxiety and depression and things that I have to say really triggered shame for me 
while going through it and some of it even now. So it came out and I was like, this is out to people beyond the tribe, you know, right. or like beyond the spiritual community. And it felt a little bit uncomfortable for me. And that to me feels great because if I'm feeling shame about it, shame about exposing myself in that way, that means it had to be exposed right. that way. That vulnerability hangover. That is for sure. But I think it's a little bit more like when you deal with trauma and you speak of it, it's inevitable that you will feel shame until you're really in recovery, really truly healed that element that of that shame because you're programmed to be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is something that I wanted to talk about as as I was reading through the book is this idea of like there's so you're obviously walking the walk that you're talking in a very real way and you have your practices and you're minding yourself and minding the people around you and doing all these things and yet it's still life Mm. shit still comes up Mm. we're still we still have our patterns and our processes and Mm. our conditioning and all that stuff and so I guess like my first real question is like when you're going through those things of okay I'm still doing these practices and I'm also still a human suffering like how do you pull back to center and really like continuously show up in that way. Cause you can't just surrender to the dark, but you can't also put a shoot over your eyes and be like, I don't feel it. That's not real either. Yeah. I think that the way that I've been able to go through really low bottoms, one even just a few months ago with my postpartum depression, I have been able to go through those bottoms and still be a leader has frankly, only been because I've told the truth about it. Mm -hmm. The day that I was diagnosed with postpartum anxiety and depression, I got on my Instagram and shared about it. And I don't recommend that to people (laughs) that are not already comfortable being vulnerable. But in that moment, I felt so much shame about my diagnosis and having to go on medication, which ultimately saved my life. Right. So, you know, screw you people that say, you know, that, yes, things are totally overprescribed, but... There's a time and a place. There is a time and a place, and I would have died without it, mm-hmm. okay? So I want to be real, and I want people to you know, see the proper psychiatrist and do the right thing but and not overdo things. But the, the, the full circle is when you're in that low moment, by telling my truth, it will allow me to stay authentic mm-hmm. in the teaching by saying, this is where I'm at. You know, a few weeks after I got my diagnosis, I had to lead a weekend retreat and I had, I had insomnia, so I wasn't sleeping. I was at Kripalu, I was leading 315 people, we just maxed it out. And I was like, how am I gonna do this, right? My two best friends were across the hall the first night. I was back and forth from their room to my room, needing them to rub my back, do Reiki on my feet, play gong music. I probably slept only an hour. I had this like monkey doll that I stole from my son, which is still part of my recovery. It sounds so weird, but it is. And my girlfriends looked at me, they go, monkey did not sign up for this. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, it was, and I woke up, I didn't wake up that morning. I, I just was awake the whole night because I was still plagued. I hadn't, you know, my medication hadn't set in. I was very, very in panic. And I sat down in front of my audience and I said, yo, I didn't sleep last night. I know that God will move energy through me, but I need you guys to know what's up because yeah. I'm struggling, you know? And it was probably one of the best talks I gave that, that day. Are you still in the postpartum? How is that going? Well, I'm finally feeling better. I'm finally feeling better. Uh, you know, I, I plan to get off my medication probably in the new year. Mm-hmm. I would like to conceive again. The medication I'm on, you can be pregnant with, but... My therapist says that, you know, about a year in, you can really get the great benefits. And that's my goal is to stay a little bit under a year. I'll get off of it. And I expect that should be fine. 
I yeah. know this isn't part of the book, but I, we don't have kids and we don't, we, we're not really versed in this. I'm curious, like some people get postpartum and some people don't. What's yeah. the, it's just like a grab bag. There's a lot involved in it. I mean, it's a biochemical issue. So yeah. it just, you could have it with one pregnancy and not with the next. Interesting. So it's just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always show up. Many people like it didn't show up for the first two and then the third, you know what I mean? So it's sort of a crapshoot. But I also think that trauma does play a part in it. So for me, the traumatic memories and dealing with my own childhood past would have been an issue even without the biochemical issue. But then it just really, really amplified it for me. So th there's a lot that goes into it. In wow. the mindfulness community, I feel like... I know that drugs for depression. It was a major thing to come so, out of that. Yeah. It's huge. I, I read it no, when good. I read the article. I kind of like did a double take just in that like I wasn't aware if it was known information or not. But I just thought, wow, how amazing that she is being so truthful because you can it's be meditating. Totally you can upon. be as mindful. You know, you can do all of that. But this is important. As you said, time and a place. This is important because my therapist called myself and my husband and she said, I'm intervening. She said, your tools are no longer working. Mm. You have to be medicated. And I, mean, I literally, I, I said multiple times, Mother's Day, I said, I want to kill myself. Mm. So, you know, hopefully I can have a redo. I'll have a redo next year. I want a Mother's Day redo. Yeah. So, you know, I, I might cry. I don't want to cry here. But I, I just cries all the time. Don't I just worry. want to be really clear with people that you should never be medicated without professional guidance that people are absolutely over-medicated, that we, we have major issues in this country with people abusing medication, but when you need it, don't deny it because you're too spiritual for it or because because somebody out there in your spiritual community said it's bad. Like in A Course in Miracles, we would say that these medications are special agents. My, my, my makeup artist reminded me of this. She said, it's just a special agent, mm. right? So, so seeing it as this agent of healing and allow yourself to receive whatever the healing is. It can be a doctor, it can be a medication, it could be a podcast, it could be a yoga teacher. I think just the problem in general is that people often use that as the first line of defense. Right, so that's a really important point, baby. So while I've been on the medication, I have done the deepest EMDR therapy, the deepest trauma healing yeah. I could ever possibly do. And my, my psychiatrist said to me at the beginning, she said the greatest benefit for someone like you, because you do the work, is that you're going to feel safe enough to go to the places that you would not have been able to go to on your own. Mm -hmm. I have had an exorcism, which I said in the New York Times article. I have literally cleared more in the last two months than I had done in four years. Wow. And I, it's because I have a baseline that feels safe enough to go there. Basically, it just lights up new neural pathways in correct, your brain. Correct, correct. And, it, and, and, and allows you to be safe. But the thing is, you can't just take the meds and check out, That's to your point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no way, people. Like, you know, if you're on medication for a period of time or if you need to be medicated for the rest of your life, do the work. Like, the deeper work, you're in a place where it's going to be even easier to do the deeper work because you have that support. This is a very important distinction and a very important conversation about that because I have been vocal because I've been on antidepressants in my life and I've been vocal about the fact that I think that it is, like you said, very overprescribed because this is America. People are like, I have a headache, a pill. Yeah, I have a, right. I have a spirit ache, a right. pill. I, you know, right. it's like, chill the fuck out. Try to do everything else first. Mm -hmm. But I love that you're being public about this because it is like, it's a thing for a reason mm -hmm. when the time is right. Mm -hmm. If you are seriously fucking backed up against yeah, the wall, don't with jump yourself. on meds. Don't jump yeah. on meds. But like, I tried everything else. Of course, you know? and of course but you like, did. Like everything. Yeah. You know? And here I was, this person with like every resource under the sun, like you know, Deepak and Marianne Williamson on speed dial, right? right. And like you know, 
I have multiple therapists. Like I, I had the resources and I was not going to survive it. Yeah. So, you know, God bless. No, anyone's. thank you for being I have so to say it because it. I don't, I don't, I mean, women die from it. Yeah. They, yeah. Straight up die. And, and we it's need not an to option. lift the shame yeah. so that people feel good about making the steps to. Yeah. Help and I themselves. think that's the biggest change back to your original question of where I was being and here I am now is that now I identify as a shame shifter and mm-hmm. I am here to tell the truth about what we don't talk about fearlessly because I feel brave enough to do that so that anyone that's needing medication doesn't feel ashamed. Anyone that's had sexual trauma doesn't feel ashamed. Anyone that's a recovering addict doesn't feel ashamed. A workaholic doesn't feel ashamed. Thank you. Yeah. On behalf of (laughs) people who deal with those things. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Let's take a quick break Mm -hmm. to give love to our favorite sustainable shoe option, especially while we're here in New York City with our tired walking all around feet. Mm -hmm. My dogs are barking. We're talking about Rothy's. (laughs) Rothy's is a fashionable shoe that is made from recycled plastic water bottles, which is so fucking cool. We're obsessed. We're obsessed. And as you know, they've been a longtime partner of that so retrograde. And one of the things I personally love about them the most, aside from the sustainability, the ability to wash them in the washing machine, all that fun stuff, but they're constantly adding new styles, mm-hmm. new colors. And I want to give love to the Chelsea. It's a new Ooh. ankle sneaker cross over that I'm really appreciating. And the bright white seems to be calling my name. Ooh, I love it. It's like a high top slide. In addition to that. They have a leopard one? Yeah. Oh my God, I want it. In addition to that, they have their pointy toe flat, which I also love. Yeah. Big fan. Long gains the foot. Definitely. Gives a nice look to the leg. Good for a short girl. The flat, the sneaker, the loafer, the kids styles. I mean- They're all there and they've just added some new colors to those styles as well. So definitely head over to Rothy's.com and check those out. If you guys are curious about Rothy's, go to Rothy's.com, enter retrograde at checkout and you will get your cute shoes for free shipping. Do the right thing. free returns. Yeah. And free, just freedom knowing that you're wearing shoes that are benefiting the environment. And Stephanie's mom loves them. And my mom wants to be a spokesperson. (laughs) So if you're listening, Rothy's, and you have a demographic of a seven-year-old woman with no Instagram following, (laughs) hit us up. We've got your girl. Again, that's rothys.com. Enter code retrograde. Back to the show. How do you define workaholism? Because I'm not sure. Like I have a little bit of it. Well, It's interesting because I think that we all have it in a way. Okay, the other night, here's an example. The other night, we've been working really hard and we both have other things we're working on and I don't I don't have a partner, so when I'm by myself, it's either like I'm shutting down or I'm doing work. I'm not like, there's no in, intermittent like experience of my life. So I, I went to dinner with a couple friends and I had all this fucking guilt. I was like, I shouldn't go to dinner. I should go home. Oh, yeah, I should yeah, read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my friend was like, dude, it's fucking normal to eat dinner with people. Like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, right. "Right." Like, if I was in any other country in the world, I'd be like, it's eight o'clock. I've worked all day. I can go have dinner and a glass of wine. This isn't some Mm. kind of like, it's something antithesis of all the work that I've done. Great that you bring this up. I write about it in Super Attractor in a chapter called There's More Than Enough to Go Around. Yeah. And it's a chapter that's like, take a breath. There's also another chapter called Do Less and Attract More. I love that. Guys, so this is the truth. Do less was once a diagnosis I got from a doctor. Yes, exactly. I need you to do less. And, no and problem. Listen, here's the thing. We think that when all of our energy is like addicted to something that's for the greater good, which it is, love, I, I want to honor you for what you're doing, Yeah, that it's okay. 
but it's not because it's at your own expense. The level of anxiety that I experienced in the 20 minutes before deciding on where to go for dinner, I should just go home. I should just eat a salad in front of the TV. Like, Mm -mm -mm. you're a psychopath. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with you? Yeah, it's because whenever we're in any form of addiction, even if it's a positive addiction, like being a spiritual teacher or whatever it is that you're doing, it's not positive for you. It's not positive for your listeners because it's when you truly pull it back that you will be able to be the vessel that you need to be. Yeah. And right now, all that manic movement, this is what I call in the book a pusher. Yeah. Like, just got to get done. Got to get it. And the belief that if I don't push, I won't succeed. Yeah. Okay. It's a very American belief system. Mm-hmm. It's probably an epidemic in this country. For sure. Also, if we just have addictive patterns, maybe we've put down a drink or a drug, we pick up the workaholism, right? Or you, you know, you've done some recovery work, but that's another form of, of addiction. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a serious addiction. There are 12 step meetings for it. Yeah. So not a lot. It's harder to find. People go to Debtors Anonymous. Of the, like Workaholics Anonymous does exist. What's Debtors? Debtors Anonymous is like if you've if you've got issues with debt, if you're addicted oh, to debt. 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 Oh, debt. I'm like debt. debtors? Debtors, no. De- <laughs> debt. Just don't kill it. things. It's an acronym that I wasn't aware of. God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I guess the, the, the point is, is that I would, if I were your coach sitting across from you, help very gently guide you to accept that there's workaholism here. And that's okay, and that's common, and that's normal, but it's something to look at and bring it to your practice. And some of it's going to be practical, like step outside your comfort zone, go to a dinner. That's fine. But a lot of this is about the deeper work. Why? What are you running from I think that's making you work so hard? I think it's more that I spent a lot of time not leaning into working as much and like being a comic and waking up at 12 o'clock and like smoking weed all day and then doing set. Like I had this whole other life. So now that I'm in like a different phase, I really want to be like connected and disciplined about it. I hear you. But like the joy of like a dinner, those things, those aren't like quantifiable things. And you have to, I have to learn to trust myself that if I do that on a Tuesday, it doesn't mean I'm doing it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And like there's other things tied into it. Even if you were, trust that you're doing enough. Right. And I understand that sort of like resurrection of your career and you're wanting yeah. to really go big. And that's also sort of yeah. just a transition when you've transitioned when from like one career to the next. not a child and I'm an adult. Yeah, you look really young. How old are you? 33. Oh, girl, you look like you're 23. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like good really, doctor. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Oh, my God. And by the way, these, the eyebrows in this group, you guys. Oh. Can you just tell me where to go? I'm like, those eyebrows are real good. Don't, don't, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm like, so I don't mean to be like, you're a workaholic. No, it's fine. I, I just, always put I, myself on the, I, on the I, line. I, I, you know, it's, it takes one to know one, right? Yeah. So you're speaking a lot of what I used to do and the behaviors that I used to live. And more importantly, I think you're also like maybe a little bit traumatized from where you were. Yeah. And you're like, I got to fix it now. But I really want you to accept that. Sorry, I didn't mean to make this like a coaching session, but I love fine. a coaching it, session. Accept that your love for what you're doing is enough right is enough and so in the chapter in the chapter about there's more than enough to go around it's really the whole book actually i talk about taking spiritually aligned action this is your book mama yeah i talk about do less attract more i talk about how there's more than enough to go around how it's you know release the comparison self-attack and self-judgment so that we can be the creators that we're here to be and you're blocking your super attractor power by pushing Right. Okay. So when you stop that pushing and you go to that dinner, what I literally have to say to myself is if like I'm meditating in the afternoon, sometimes even when I met, I have it, it's like PTSD from this. Sometimes when I'm meditating in the afternoon, I could hear the voice being like, you need to be doing something like go cook dinner, like get on your computer. And then I literally like, I'm like, I do two meditations a day. I'm like, this is my job, not my literal job. Like this is my job as a human being. And then I say to myself very, very, very often, repeat it back and forth to myself, unapologetic relaxation, Mm. unapologetic 
deep relaxation. And I repeat that to repeat that, repeat that to myself because it's something I have to literally let myself accept even 39 years later, right? I still have to really embody that. So unapologetic, deep relaxation. Yeah. Do it multiple times a day. Because you Elizabeth's can. like, don't do that. We need her on email more. <laughs> no, live your life. <laughs> yeah. Live your life. Yeah. No, I love that. And then you'll find that you have more energy for those emails. No, it's true. I've, like I've, this morning. I'm that. This I morning that. I was like, look, I'm going to Australia for the tour. Everybody in Aussie like, woo woo. Okay. So I'm like freaking out because we lost an Airbnb that we liked. You know when that happens? Like you're like, what happened? Yeah. And I'm spending the whole morning like looking at Airbnbs and I'm like, wait, I have a bug out tomorrow. And I was like, actually, that's a really good sign. It's a good sign that I'm like not like running up and down with stomach cramps, freaking out. I'm like, no, we're good. God's got this. Yeah. I had, you said something in an interview where you have a zero tolerance for stress. Zero, zero. I'd love for you to break that down a little. Well, sometimes I forget, Mm -hmm. but this is new. It's all new, right? Because I've been able to do this deeper healing work. I can see that I've had a lot of stomach issues. I don't have stomach issues. I have trauma issues. I have stress from the trauma, psychosomatic issues. We won't heal our bodies if we don't heal the root cause condition, which is, it doesn't mean that your body doesn't have have a diagnosis. It doesn't mean you don't take medication or do a special diet or whatever you have to do, but you can't just do all that and not deeply heal the reasons for why you've got these issues. So my biggest thing is stress. I mean, stress is the reason for all illness. It's behind illness, right? Or it exacerbates an illness that you have. Sure. So there's a lot I can say about stress and anxiety, and I've written about it and will continue to, but uh, the message today would be say a prayer that you can open up to receive guidance around what it is that's stressing you out because that guidance is available right now listening to this podcast. And something that I feel that I've learned to cultivate, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts around that, is just like when you feel that feeling, we all know the feeling of stress, identifying that as like, that's not going to lead you to the place where you need to go. Like, yeah. Yeah. To redirect the energy to a new place. Usually what happens is, so I am a student of Dr. Sarno who wrote the books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had Nicole Sachs on our show. Oh, I need yeah. to, I, like, I, I honestly want to study with her. She's yeah. Wonderful. She's so excellent. Okay. I mean, I guess I do online, right? Yeah. No, I got to get in touch with her. Can you put me in touch with her? Absolutely. Yeah, I like her. Okay, good. All right. So the Sarno works life-changing. And I think that the premise being that all physical conditions are psychosomatic. And Somatic that, therapy. Yes. When we have a, a stressor, we don't want to deal with the underlying root cause, so we place the emphasis on the body. Mm-hmm. So the real work is to talk to your brain and say, i got to focus on my stress right now. And not my stress, but my feelings. What am I feeling right now? Like yesterday I was feeling a little bit uncomfortable. My stomach was hurting, and I said to my husband, oh shit, I'm feeling shame around that New York Times article because I was so exposed in a different way. And as soon as I said that, my stomach relaxed. Right. (laughs) It's funny, just identifying it, how much it lets it out. Let's take a time out to celebrate one of our new partners, a brand that we have just been familiarized with that we are so excited to partner with because we really, really love them. This really aligns with our efforts to bring shui not only into our homes, but us as conscious consumers, Mm -hmm. and really our hearts. Truly. So we found Buffy in researching just more conscious bedding options. Buffy is bedding that is both earth-friendly and cruelty-free. And can I just say, the lightest, most delightful temperature-regulating experience I've had in my bed in quite some time. It is because it's made out of 100% eucalyptus fiber. 
to regulate temperature and keep you cool and comfortable all night long. And just on a personal note, my air conditioning was not working this summer properly in Los Angeles. And it was a sweaty, sweaty nightmare. And I switched to my Buffy and I was like, wait, I can cozy up and like wrap myself in this blanket and just stay a fully 98.7. And here's some things that make this comforter next level. Tell us. It is softer than cotton, so it naturally soothes the skin. It's earth friendly. The eucalyptus uses 10 times less water than cotton to grow its fiber and is produced using recyclable earth friendly solvents. Okay. On top of that, which I love, it's hypoallergenic. Me too. Because you know, I've never found a hypoallergenic comforter that I actually felt was cozy. And, and this one is. Yeah, it is. And its thread count shuts out dust, mold, and mites for a healthier sleeping environment. And I have a dog. It doesn't like absorb the dog hair. Like if he sheds on it, you can just wipe it with like a damp towel and it comes off. Yeah. It's and magic. I love that. And as much as I love a down comforter, let's be honest, that's not the most conscious option. Well, so, it was just time to move on right. for many a reason. For many a reason. Yeah. And so the Buffy is cruelty-free, which is really important. No birds getting plucked here, friends. Nope, not over here. So <laughs> we love this. It's on my bed right now. Same. I'm a huge fan. Same. And we partnered with them because Steph and I love them so much. Yeah. So if you head over to Buffy.co and enter the code retrograde, you'll get $20 off your comforter. And if you try it and you don't like it, you can return it and they will refund your money. So, But you won't no want thing. that because it's so great. So check it out again, Buffy.co, enter code retrograde, $20 off. Send us a photo of you guys cozy in your Buffy. Back to the show. Okay, so something that you write about in the book and I think a lot mm. of people young of any age going through their own spiritual journey experiences, which is that, and we get we get questions about this all the time. When you feel like you're doing everything, right? Mm-hmm. In quotes. You know, you're you have mm-hmm. your you have your morning routine, you have your meditations, mm-hmm. you have your journaling, mm-hmm. you're reading the books, you're going on the hikes, you're who knows, whatever the fuck you need to do for your own personal wellness. And yet still you're up against not yielding the results that you want, or the things aren't aligning, or you're frustrated. I really want you to talk about how you write about it in the book because I feel like it's so powerful and so many people in this community right now are going through those exact yeah. blocks. That's what I call the manic manifesto. Yes. Ah, you know who you are. Mm -hmm. Once again, the manic manifester is that person that's like, I've got the vision board and Gabby, I'm reading all your books and I've got the decks and everything, but it's just not working. My hope for that person is that what they what they have to recognize is that it's back to the do less attract more right that that a one minute grounded meditation will carry you through the day far more than like 35 minutes of like pushing yourself to sit right it's not about all the checklists and to-do lists don't make your spiritual practice a to-do list it's fucking burden or a burden right right but that's just the beginning i mean saying okay take take one minute instead of 30 or you know chill basically but what is the mentality? Because what is it? Okay, now we're going to piecemeal take things out. We're going to put no, things No, it's just another in. form of addiction. Okay, right? so. So you're like doing, doing, doing your spiritual practice now. But before you were doing, doing, doing drugs, you know, like you're just doing, doing because mm-hmm. you think there's something that you need to get. But actually, you just need to sit. But do you have a way to tap into it? Like, is it really just you being like, hey, self? Yes. There's a method in the book called the choose again method. Yeah. And the first step is to notice the fearful thought. Notice what's running the show. Notice why am I manic manifesting? What is the thought? How is it making me feel? Write it down in your journal. The second step is to forgive the thought and forgive yourself for having the thought because I wrote a book called Judgment Detox. We want to judge our thinking. We want to judge our feelings. Mm -hmm. Don't. Forgive yourself. Just clear the path and forgive the thought. And then the third step is choose again. So reach for the next best feeling, thought. 
the next best feeling thought could be, all right, my one minute meditation, I actually felt good and I could just do one more good meditation and that's enough. Right. Or anything else. If you're afraid of, you just choose the next best feeling thought, but don't leap too far. Don't go from like, I'm broke to I'm a millionaire. Right. <laughs> that feels you pretty good. <laughs> you won't believe it. Oh, if it feels good, you can go there. Right. But if it doesn't feel good, don't go there. That's interesting. Right. Then you're just like tricking yourself. But if it feel good, you have resistance around it. So it just it perpetuates the problem. Mm. Mm. It reminds you what you don't have. Right. And it makes you feel like you'll never get there. You say something in the book because a lot of this, you know, is setting yourself up for success with a daily practice and all of that fun stuff. So you say, I don't want your spiritual life compartmentalized and kept separate from your day-to-day experiences. I want you to live a spiritual life all the time. And there was something when I read that, which is so funny because self-care and practice are things that we talk about a lot on the show, but something clicked within me where I was like, oh yeah, it's for me. And I know that sounds so almost rudimentary, but it's like, it's for me. It's mine. Mm-hmm. Which there was like an energy shift that happened mm-hmm. in that idea for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's yours. And when I say live a spiritual life, don't just have a spiritual part of your life. What I mean is, you know, I, I often say, I heard Thich Nhat Hanh do an interview once and they said, how often do you meditate? He says, I meditate all the time. Hmm. Because every thought is a meditative response. Being in a practice like the Choose Again, and this isn't to say go manic manifest, this is saying be spiritually aligned all day long. And of course, you're going to fall out. So you fall right back in. It's choose again. In the instant, you can get back. My husband came home yesterday and he said, said, he's my guru. And he said to me, I'm no longer going to fade because we have so much going on. We're so busy. And and it's easy to be like, oh, God, so much going on. But like, no, it's amazing, right? So he came home and he said, I'm going to see my problems with love rather than as problems. And I was like, Like, why is my book already printed? (laughs) No, it's pretty much what I've been saying in all my books over and over, but we have to just sometimes be reminded of it because it's easy to get, every day I I get back into, why did they do it that way? Why isn't this happening? My publicist is sitting behind me. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. I don't take it out. I don't take it out on you, Jesse. No, because Jesse's my girl, but she hears me talk a lot of like, what the hell? Right. And you have to see it with love. But I also think it's in a spiritual practice to be authentic about the way that when it's things... not saying that you're not going to have a hard time. Exactly. It's not saying it's just catch yourself. Yeah. Oh, I'm bitching about something and I could be seeing this differently. Choose again. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, why you're so successful on like a very broad level is because that's the truth of of what it is supposed to be. It's not realistic to be like, okay, me and my 45 crystals and my 10 monk friends are going to go sit on a mountain and become spiritually aligned. And then, oh, wait, I have to go back to New York City and hop in the subway? Fuck everyone. Like, there's that's so extreme. You need to be able to do it Adopting while you're doing it other things. Your that's day. my favorite sentence. That's what I, we were talking. And I'm like, we're not talking about crystals anymore. Yeah. That's too overt. <laughs> that's too. I mean, however people get there, you know, I said something in the times, I hope it wasn't offensive to people, but I said, I'm not going to teach you how to make green juice. I'm going to teach you how to create a relationship I with God. I loved that line. Yeah. I said that and I was like, oh, I hope I'm not offending people because green juice is important. And a lot of people do find their spiritual practice through their body and their food. So just FYI, all the green juice ladies out there, I wasn't offending. I'll tell you, I read that as you 
describing what your offering was mm -hmm. not and th that you have a particular right. one and it, right. it, it didn't seem it, it, dismissive I and, and I wasn't I wasn't being a dismissive in any way but it came out and sometimes people can re misread things but the point is is that no everything that anyone ever is, that, is totally accepted but the, the point is is that like you you could find God through a green juice like you could be following someone like my dear, dear friend, Chris Carr, and she could literally teach you how to take care of your body because now you're a vegan and now you're drinking juice and you're making your own juice. And then this is how you find your spiritual connection. So there's many, many ways. It could be the crystals. It could be the yoga class. It could be that trainer that just drives it home for you, that soul cycle class. There's a lot of avenues and directions and vehicles. Do you have jaw tension? Mm -hmm. mm, you are my girl. I'm going to help you. I'm working I'm, through it. Babe, I have you. I see myself in you. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and not that I'm not, I don't want to give you help if you don't want it, but I, I have, we have a lot in common. Okay. I'm here for it. I'm going to get your number. Great. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 I've been feeling it the whole time. Really? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Which is what I talk about actually in the book too, is a lot of guides and angels and hearing things. So I'm a medium, period. Like it's something that I haven't come fully out with until this book. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, for my whole life, have been able to hear deceased family members and guides. And sometimes I hear it as like a real knowing. And I've been sitting here with you and I'm like, I'm. it's like a nagging. Like it's your guides here saying, talk to her. Dead. <laughs> and, okay. and I'm also, you know, I make it a practice in my life not to tell people what to do or tell people, diagnose people like mm -hmm. what I just did. It's a big no-no for me. But the fact that I did that with you is because it's not me. Interesting. Okay. So I really want to just acknowledge that that's not my human side would not do that to you. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't be like, you're this, you're that. There's a, there's a messenger coming in for you right now. And I just want you to know that. Mm. Welcome to the show. Hello? Yeah. No. Th is it a disco queen? Well, this is how spirit works through me. Spirit yeah. isn't like, you're going to go tell people like, oh, they're future. Spirit says, this is how we're going to use you to help someone. And I do that in a huge audience of thousands of people, or I can do that right here, right now. Okay. So I feel very, very clear. And, 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 and it's only when it's, it's really loud, it's really clear. I start talking really fast and it, it doesn't, you know, it, I'm open to receive, but I'm not like, you know, hanging out being like, tell me everything. Right. But in the book, I teach my reader that they too are a medium. Everyone's have the capacity to, to connect to spirit in whatever form if they want to. In order to be able to be a channel for those types of things, designing a daily practice that can do so. And as I said, with like understanding that it's not about like meditation works, so you should do it. It's because meditation is something that can help you throughout your day, right? So like understanding that. And then I think that's when we're able, at least I'm learning newly as I newly have adopted some new practices that that's why we do them, not because of the quote unquote shoulds. Yeah. It's once again, if it's a should, then it's not devotional practice. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just what you think, you know, it's another reason to shame yourself for not doing something. Now, if you're saying I should meditate rather than I should have a drink, that's wonderful. You know, you're on your way. It's all good. That's a wonderful thing. Don't judge that. But I, I think that the clearer we become, the the more we devote our day to, to the meditation. This morning I was, when I'm in the city, I have a loft and my son's downstairs. And I'm in the loft and I'm lying there and I'm just feeling like I feel really connected in my apartment. I've lived there. I've had that apartment for 10 years and I feel super connected there, even though I don't live there full time. And I was just like, okay, I've got 10 minutes before this kid wakes up. Just bring it in. Right. And so just really allowing yourself to feel that connection. And I really, I, this, the intention of this book is to help people feel that connection so regularly and to feel good. And the more you feel good, the more you will attract into your life.
Yeah. <clears throat> it's not a book on getting things. It's a book on feeling good. Mm. Yeah. So you talk about... Um, well, because also, if you get things and you don't feel good, it's pointless. 100%. So if you... Oh, my God. How many celebrity interviews have you seen? People like, I had everything. And it felt like crap. You know, it's like, it's so true. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. But no, no, no. I, it's... Point. Oh my God, I see your Ellie Cape at bottle. I'm such a devotee. I'm Same. a devotee. Same. Hi, Lauren. She's listening right now. We know that. Yeah. Hi, Hi Lauren. I was with you this morning. <laughs> I'm going to go when I'm in LA. I, mean, I, hope, I, I hope I have time. Let's see. Come now that we're us. friends, you can come with me. I've probably seen you on the video. <laughs> so Definitely. The, <laughs> the designing that for what works with you. Do you have a method in which we can tap into that and find our way through that? Or is it like... Check in, see what you need. Like, the, the, the whole vibe? book is a method for many methods for you. There's a beautiful method in the book called the daily design method. And you ask yourself in the morning, how do I want to feel today? Who do I want to be today? What do I want to receive today? And what do I want to give today? When you check in like that, it's like setting yourself up to win. So clear. Yeah. It's all in the book. It's all in the book. Super attractor, <laughs> which we have sitting right next to us. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. On that New York Times article. It's mentioned Ariana Huffington gave you a bed yeah. for your technology. Yeah. Something I'm <laughs> with photos, so everyone can reference this. We're really interested and intrigued with ritual around technology because this is new territory for us as the human race. Mm -hmm. So talk about putting your phone to bed, okay. why and what and all that. It became such a ritual for me to have sleep hygiene when I was struggling with insomnia. While I was supported with the medication and my therapy, I also had to support myself with the commitment I was making to my downtime, to really charging down, you know, like like powering down. Before my insomnia, I would like lie in bed and watch Trevor Noah and then fall asleep, but it was no longer possible for me. And I probably didn't sleep that well because of it. I had my you know computer on under the bed and I had my phone on and it was probably even like dinging in the middle of the night. And it's really, really detrimental to your well-being. And to your sleep, and your sleep is your well-being. Yeah. So I created a really strong sleep routine. Ariana is such an amazing person. She's so committed to our sleep. She sent me this bed that has silk sheets and a charger. It's like a charging <laughs> a station. Mini bed. I was like going to make a station. joke. Does it have silk sheets? And I was like, Steph, take it seriously. No, it has. It actually does. Silk sheets, Steph. <laughs> okay. It has silk sheets. So the bed's got silk sheets. It's like a little wooden bed that you can tuck your phone into. But for me, what it resembles is that I'm shutting it down. And so I shut my phone off at least at 8 p.m. if I'm going to go to bed at 9 or 10, like at least an hour before bed. I don't do any electronics an hour before bed. I don't even really get too heavily. I tell my husband we can't have deep conversations or work conversations or problematic. I'm like, it, I have to power down. And uh, it's my commitment. And so that's what the bed represents for me. So where does it live? In another room. And then do you wake up with an alarm, a regular alarm? My alarm is called Oliver. Oh, as a child. Okay, yeah. got it. It's pretty easy to get up to I that. think like the mood. He's on a clock, lady. It's like <laughs> 7 a.m. Boom. Just bounces into your room. Or no, no he's, he's a baby. Uh, he's got, he's just like. The advanced body clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's incredible. It's, it's, I sleep trained my son, which I think was the biggest gift I could have given him. And he is excellent. Oh my God, he's such a cool person. He's such a cool person. Oh, cute. Mm. I love a baby. So then you do no tech in the room at all? Well, my husband likes his phone, right. and I've had to beg him to turn it off. Because at least if it's off, I'd prefer it out. But if it's off, it's better. Because our physiotherapist, Cliff, yeah. he is like no tech in the bedroom mm -hmm. while 
you're, he's like while you're sleeping. So mm-hmm. I like put my phone in the next room with the door cracked so I can hear the alarm. But okay, here's the problem with that truly is that I No, like, no, get a get a crappy old alarm. I know, but okay, I love the app Sleep Timer. I'm obsessed with That's it. That's my problem with these phone apps, which is that like what do you you the second you turn on your phone? This is the reason we have our electronics out of the bedroom. If you turn you see what time it is, you get notifications of other things. And I love the meditation apps. I think they're so excellent. But I would be like, if you're like, I'm going to do a sleep meditation, like put it, like download it somewhere else if it's possible. No, it's not a sleep meditation. This app, it listens to you sleeping. So if you're out of REM sleep, then you're not moving Hmm. and you're breathing in a certain way. And the second that it senses you moving or making noise, then it will wake you up in the window of time when you're in between REM cycles at that time in the morning. And that app changed the way that I woke up because I used to wake up my alarm be like, <gasps> like you wake right. up in a panic because it's an annoying alarm system sound and it's like in the middle of so something. You have it in another room? Well, can hear okay, it? so this is the thing. I don't know that it hears me. So I literally plug my phone in and put it like, in the hallway. So I'm like, maybe lot, it will still hear me. There's a lot to be said too though crack. for like having the tech waves. I agree. I'm just like, is there a, a, a different alarm that does the same thing? Guys, friends, machine, listeners, perhaps. Yeah, some yeah sort maybe of there's gentle. A I don't know. The, REM the, alarm machine. I mean, at the very least, turn off the Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, I do that. Yeah. I put it on airplane, but still, I want that tech. It's like the phone isn't all bad, guys. I agree. I agree, but I think that you know you have to decide what's right for you. Definitely, yeah. looking at it before bed is horrible. Horrible. Or like watching TV in my bed. Horrible. Like none of that. You horrible. Can't do that. Yeah. An hour before. Stop. Yeah. The blue light keeps your brain up. Yeah, I also have blue light glasses. So the hour before the hour that I stop it, if I am watching a show, I'm watching it with blue light glasses. Mm, yeah. I love a blue light. No joke. Jeez, so much that we have to do just to protect ourselves against. Like, I mean, look, I sound, I, I sound like a maniac, but I got to be real. Like I feel good. Be feeling good is my highest priority. Mm-hmm. So whatever it takes. Agreed. So outside of the realm of the work you do, like what's something that makes you feel good that people might surprise people about you? Well, this won't surprise anybody because I do it very publicly, but I cook. The Gabby Cooking Show, I'm going to write a really killer cookbook called The Fearless Chef, and it's going to be all about no recipes and just inspiration and and, and creativity, and it's going to be more of like a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. Fun. It's like a killer cover. I've got it all in my mind. All right, Jesse, get ready. And then <laughs> uh, I'm keeping her busy. And then what do I do that no one would know? <laughs> it's not a lot. There's not, I'm really, really into baths. Same. I take serious baths. Goddess time. Yep. Have you always been someone that is just like willing to share your own self in the interest of other people? Or is it not in the interest of other people? You're just like always been an open book. Ever since I started being a spiritual teacher in 2005, that has been how I've just chosen to teach. Mm -hmm. And I've become more and more authentically real as the years have gone on. Mm -hmm. And that was a conscious choice. Yes. We talk about that. A lot. No, it wasn't a conscious choice, actually. It was an involuntary. You had to do it. It was what I was, how I was being told to teach. Mm -hmm. Intuitively. Right. Not like somebody out in the world telling me how to do it. Right. No, I I always think that that's a better method, personally. I want to watch someone try and fail and be honest. Well, I mean, it's not a method, right? Let's be real. It's like, if that's, if that's what's coming through you. The folks that like vulnerably and authentically share things and they're not aligned with that and they're still like not dealing with the shame around it and all that, it doesn't work. It doesn't help people because that shame will come through right? if they're not acknowledging the feelings that are up for them. So if you're just out there like, oh, that's a good technique. Let me go tell the world about all my problems. It's going to freak people out. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like 
should we help that person? Do they yeah. need us? It will feel really intense. Yeah. Right. Well, Gabby, we're so excited that you have your new book. Love it. Super attractor. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts for anyone considering picking this book up? Pick it up. Don't consider. I actually don't even have to tell them. If they're meant to read it, they will. It, it, the books fall off the shelf. They're got, so true. They land in people's inboxes as a, as a as a ad, or they show up as a retargeting, or they show up in someone's bedroom that you're randomly waking up in. I mean, they just show up, right? <laughs> uh, someone stopped me on the street the other day and said, "Oh my God, is a man." He said, "I woke up in my girlfriend's bedroom and read your book, and it would change my life." That's incredible. Yeah, amazing. So, Great. Thank you so much for being here today. Super Attractor is the book, you guys. Let it fall into your lap. Please do. Super Attract it to your life. Today, Roses and Thorns is brought to you by Happy Light by Verilux. Okay. We just uh, touched on with Gabby about keeping technology out of the bedroom. While we're finding our inner light, let's talk about outer lights. Happy lights, how about? (laughs) So the happy light is... First of all, Verilux. They are the leader in providing healthy lighting solutions and, of course, making people happy for over 50 years. So there's that. And they are the original creators of the Happy Light Therapy Light. They are the leader in providing healthy lighting solutions and, of course, making people happy for for over 50 years. You guys might have heard of them. They are the original creators of Happy Light Therapy Lamps. And as we just touched on with Gabby, keeping tech out of the room, that blue light can be really harmful to our sleep. But what about light that helps with low energy fatigue, the winter blues? There's light therapy for that. And Verilux has created that in this lovely little, it almost looks like an it's a Kindle. iPad or a Kindle. Yeah. And you can mount it on the wall or prop it up on a little stand or mm-hmm. kind of use it wherever. And so I love to use it when I'm first waking up in the morning. I put it in this little corner in my kitchen that doesn't really get that much natural light. And as I'm making my tea in the morning and like checking my articles and doing that, I'm kind of like over to the side of it. So it gets kind of my peripheral. Yeah. And it just helps in my like waking up and getting things going. Well, in, in a w- wonderful way, especially in like the winter and the fall months. I mean, we live in Los Angeles, so we do have a luxury of a lot of light. But if I wake up before the sun is up and I'm not able to like look directly into the sun to wake myself up, I'm just sleepy all day. So this is kind of cutting that out. Probably not advised to look directly <laughs> into the sun, actually. But this is a you version of mean. that, but in a way that's actually yeah. not detrimental to your eyes. And it's very easy to integrate into your daily routine. And it's also, not going to lie, it's a really good light when you're putting your makeup it on. It is a good makeup <laughs> light. <laughs> Look good from the inside and from the outside, y'all. Dual purpose, everybody. <laughs> so as we know, sunlight is an essential ingredient to our, our well-being. And so the happy light is optimal for people working in the office all day who might not be able to get outdoors. Yeah, I really love it. I think it's so cool. I remember my college theater professor had one and she said it made her feel so much better. And you know what? She was always in a cheery mood. So as we get into the colder months, let's I'll look to a happy light to maybe alleviate the winter blues, shall we? So that's Verilux. It's V-E-R-I-L-U-X dot com. Check it out. They have so many different ones, big ones for your home, small for traveling, ones that can go over your computer. They have all different designs. It's very, very cool. Different intensities. And if you use the code retrograde, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. It's just such a fun tool. It's a great gift. So check it out. That's Verilux.com, code retrograde. Roses and thorns. Roses and thorns. 
roses. It's thorns. It's Ooh. roses and thorns. Hello. I don't really have any thorns, so it's a rose heavy moment. I can't remember my right thorns, now. but you go first. It's always good to be focused on the positive. That's true, Elizabeth. Supering, attracting. It is good to be focused on the positive. <laughs> However, I felt that I had a thorn just because that's the name of the segment. It'll come up. Well, I do want to shout out. Mm -hmm. We did a talk about this with the W Hotel last week mm -hmm. about the changing of the seasons and how it's a really nice time to implement possibly a new routine. Mm -hmm. And I admittedly have been a little wishy-washy with my meditation practice when it's something that I know serves my highest good yeah. in a way that I shouldn't be like so accepting of me not doing it. Right. Which is something interesting that we talked a little bit about with Gabby in that like me realizing that it's not because I know meditation is good to do, but it's good for me. And right. that distinction, it's almost like a light bulb has gone off in a really wonderful way. It's funny. I'm glad you're saying because when she said the should thing, I was like, well, I only really hit the should when I'm like my mind is racing. I'm like, I should meditate because that's really like that will help mm -hmm. me, but not sitting around feeling fine being like, I should exactly. meditate. Like it's such a different kind of framing of it. So we got turned on to, there's this great meditation studio in Los Angeles called Unplug. Everyone should go check it out. It's actually right by where we record in LA. True. And the top um, of the Empire State Building. <laughs> and we met Suze, the owner of Unplug, and she's like, I'm going to send you the so app. Cute. As a, like, I love your show. I want you to try the app out. So I was like, okay, cool. And it felt like this is weird, but not weird because is anything weird now that we know what we know? No. I'd been like, I need, we know what we know. There's no going back. <laughs> there is no going back. So I've, I've been feeling like, oh, I need, I need something to excite me and draw me back into my meditation practice because the way I was doing it before of just like sitting down and like setting my timer or like going to my like tried and true recorded meditations, it just wasn't getting me to do it okay. in the way that I wanted it to. Fair. So this app has been a world of wonderment in the universe of meditation. I love. So they have a ton of classes, obviously, at the studio itself, but all of those teachers have a library of lead meditation videos mm -hmm. on the app. And you can honestly search anything you need, which was so funny. I found one for Before You Fly that Kelsey Patel does, Amazing. which I did before we flew. Amazing. So Ryan Weiss is on there. I mean, there's some like, of our friends. friends on there, but there's some amazing teachers that I've discovered as well. And you can not only can you meditate through the videos, but then you, there's a timer on there with different sounds you can choose to just meditate on your own. There's a calendar, which each day you can write in what you're grateful for. Aww. So it's really just been like, obviously, and we talked about this in the interview about our relationship to technology and managing that. But this has been a lovely rose in my managing of my technology that I've been able to use, have it work for me instead of against me in the morning. It's right. It's like, okay, look, it's going to be there. We have phones. We may as well have things on them that are beneficial. And as like, it's like, sometimes I go to my phone, I'm like, I could go to Instagram or I could go to that. And it's like, totally. it takes the same amount of time and it does such a different I thing I could go to you. Instagram or I could go to the Run the Runway app. Right. <laughs> That's what goes on in my head. Also, side note, <laughs> side shout out, you know who else is teaching? I don't think he's on the app yet, but who is a star teacher now at Unplugged Meditation. Devin Kajust. Yes. What I discovered him. <laughs> I know, truly. And so I started at zero uh -huh. and now I'm at, I've meditated. So in 11 days- I've meditated an hour and 41 minutes. Wow. Average seven minutes. I've been doing it for three consecutive weeks. Sick. I love it so much. I've 
total number of 15 sessions. Great. It just tracks everything. I'm like humble brag drop right here. Well, that's like, like, so well, there we yeah, go. I got but it. But honestly, it helps. I like the tracking system for me. It's just kind of what I needed to be like, okay, I don't want to miss a day. Yeah, no, it's great. Want to keep it Hold going. Hold yourself accountable until you get into a new habit. That's what I always say. That's where I'm at. New habits abound. Well, I love that. My my last shout out before we before we hit the streets of New York and get our sweat on is that we have a show on Thursday at Caroline's on Broadway. Hopefully you guys will be listening to this Thursday morning and you're in New York and you're like, I don't have plans tonight. And you come to our show. There is a discount code retrograde if you buy the tickets before you get there. $10 off. That's great. And come through. We have Elisa Vitti. We have a comedy opener. We're going to have a great time. We want to hang out with you guys. So please join us. It's going to be great. And the rosiest rose of all. What? Guys, our new website is up. Oh, shit. And we have slowly been going through the show notes. Shout out to Haley and our team who is being a fucking queen at this and going through and reorganizing all of our show notes. So all of the links, all the thing, all the guest information, everything is uniform and very user friendly. So we're slowly going through them, but we didn't want it to hold everything else up. Yeah. But it's a great new site. And we worked alongside Danielle and Michelle of Dreamer Marketing House and they did a whole new rebrand for us. We're really stoked about it. New logo it. too. Hey. Which brings us to our next point. So we are giving away to a listener a new logo mm-hmm. that Danielle and Michelle have offered to design. And it's going to be so dope. And we'll put all of the information to enter because it's going to be a giveaway through Instagram. So if you follow us over at So Retrograde for all the details, I'm really excited about this offering because A, I'm a font queen. And second, there's something about like having a logo, having your colors, having everything decided on that really buttons it all up for you. If you're starting a business, enter to win and you're going to have this part taken care of, which is huge. Or if you're entertaining a rebrand or if your heart is calling just for a new Luke. Yeah, I love it. We got you. Okay, what a great episode. Love living life with you, friend. It's really so fun. (laughs) We love living life with all of our listeners too, so thank you. And thank you to Gabrielle Bernstein. Guys, check out her new book, Super Attractor. We're also going to be giving away a few copies of the book via Instagram as well. It's all happening on Instagram. It's our social media platform of choice. It's also my drug of choice. So with that, we bid you adieu. Namaste listening, friends. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde!